Welcome to Put a Bork in It. I am Leslie Bork. This podcast is to have honest conversations with interesting people in all spectrums of life. As an activist, I hope to spotlight the hard issues that affect society. All right, so I'm sitting here with um, Leslie, who's going to interview me, and I'm starting the interview just to kind of break the ice. (laughs) And uh, she's going to ask me some questions. My first answer is no. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Um, so I asked Facebook if you had questions for Dylan and I. And here are the questions. No. Stop. Um, from Michael Romero for L. Are you pregnant? D. <laughs> uh, I'm not pregnant. And, and in this case, I can speak for you. You're not pregnant either. Correct. That is correct. Uh, Brandy Duhon, for both. Who cooks better? Well, let me jump in on that. Leslie cooks better when she cooks. <laughs> so I am forced to do what I can. And, you know, I No, have... Dylan has some great recipes. Um, he has some standard. He makes a mean jambalaya for a non-Cajun. I do have to admit that. Um, I'm good at just assembling some food for the kids to eat because I have five kids. So over the years, I've learned to do that. But no, as in terms of who's a better cook, Leslie. I'll go with that. Christy Prejean for D. Have you played your dream role character yet? If so, what was it? If not, what would it be? Oh, I think any actor is going to tell you not yet because you always have to look ahead to the, the, the best is yet to come. Um, of course, people who ask me questions like that are wondering if I'm going to say Nip Tuck. Um, I've done so many great roles that, that were fun to explore. Which ones became more popular? Uh, don't necessarily measure how, what the experience was, you know, uh, in terms of being that dream role. I think the dream role is yet to come, uh, and I look forward to it. Perfect. Tiffany Richard for D. What was your big break role? My big break role was on a movie that didn't even happen. It was uh, a Milos Forman movie, tentatively called Hell Camp. And it was supposed to star me and Marissa Tomei. And uh, the movie was about an American businessman who goes to Japan. And it was a Sony movie at a time when Sony had just taken over that studio in America. And they were a little bit worried about Milos uh, perhaps showing sides of Japan that they would be uncomfortable with. So the whole movie ended up being canceled. Everyone was paid. Anyway, because of this huge break, getting the lead role in a Milos Forman film, I then got the role in the Paul Newman film, Nobody's Fool. All right. Nicole Lopez for D. What made you venture down your current career path? Well, I don't know if you mean like getting into acting in the first place or kind of what I'm doing lately. But in the first place, I I grew up overseas where they didn't have a lot of TV and movies. Uh, And I remember living in India and the first movie I ever saw was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And it was such an overwhelming experience to a five-year-old who was not used to movies or TV to sit in a theater and see this story play out on the screen, I thought, whatever that is, I want to be a part of it. 
All right. And now my kids love Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Uh, Annie pa- Powell, Powell from Rhode Island for D. What episode of Nip Tuck moved you the most? Well, that's a difficult one to pinpoint. We did 100 episodes. I, the one that, that I automatically go to just because Al and I were recently talking about it was the one uh, where Sean helps Megan uh, commit suicide, basically. Um, but there were so many. It was a very emotional uh, show. Ryan Murphy was really from the beginning on that show set the tone and wanted it to, to go to extremes. And our job was always to take whatever was extreme and still make it real. He said that a lot. And uh, it really burnt us out because every, every episode we had to be very emotional. Um, all of them. You know, I think the one where Sean finds out that he's not actually the father of his own son was the hardest one um, and 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 the most emotional. Okay. Also from Annie, who is your favorite actor and why? My favorite actor, well, I say Paul Newman because it, it, it's just a coincidence I did get to work with him, but I loved Paul Newman before I worked with him because he's a great actor, but he had a way of doing his job without drawing so much attention to the art. His art was to cover up all of that uh, self-indulgent stuff, which is something lost on a lot of big-time actors today who like to kind of show off their Oscar uh, chops or whatever. Um, Paul Newman, but also somebody like Robert Duvall, who I I think of in a similar way, whose technique and whose courage and and just the amazing range that he has had through his career... Uh, and yet never was about all of the stuff that comes with being a movie star. Um, we just think of Robert Duvall as an actor. Um, he's, I, I would pick him. Okay. Um, Melanie Oob for D. Do you still talk to Dr. Christian? I do talk to Dr. Christian. Um, we became very close on that show, and because... Because of the show, we were all obviously every day and every night in the same orbit and shared and processed everything that went on, not just with the show, but in our lives during that seven years. Um, we're not in the same orbit anymore. Uh, we don't live in the same city. And yet, whenever I go to L.A. and I, I uh, meet up with him, it's, it's like no time has passed at all. And... Uh, he is, he's still very, we're still very close, even though we don't spend a lot of time together. Yeah, I didn't meet him until probably four years in or something. We were in New York. Yeah. Um, I think they needed a break after, after spending that much time together. But he is a great guy. And, um, okay, so you gum from France for L. Are you jealous of the partners, Dylan? got or has in the movies he's played? Answer sincerely. Um, <laughs> I guess the first thing that comes to mind is when I, I didn't watch the show before we got together. And so we moved to New York. I was pregnant and hormonal. And I binged 100 episodes of Nip Tuck. And um, there was a, one episode, I guess, where he has an affair with the baby nanny. And so when he came home, I was pretty upset about that. Um, we hadn't even had a baby yet. So um, that was funny. But I think 
the other time, maybe it was life sentence, and you didn't tell me you had a a um, love interest, and so just watching it and seeing him in bed with another woman, I was kind of like, what is that? Um, but no, for the most part, um, it's all acting, I hope. All right, Nancy Alley for L. What actress would play you in a movie about your life? Um, I think Audrey Tattoo, who is my favorite actress. Um, she's a French woman, and I first saw her in um, the movie Amelie. And we have named my daughter Amelie. Um, I just like her. She's got big brown eyes. She's got short hair, brown hair. Um, she's very whimsical, or she plays very whimsical and curious and mischievous. And um, I think that would represent me in a way. Um, Carolyn Goodylock for D. Would you ever want to direct, write, or stage, for stage or screen? Yeah, I would. I, I've, I've dabbled in writing over the years. I think most actors do on the side. And uh, it's something I still do. I've yet to have anything get made or have anything turn into an actual show. But uh, I would like to do that. I would like to uh, kind of have a hand in, in a show that I'm on so that uh, I was more fully invested. I think you get to a point after this long in the business, 30-some years, where you kind of should be, uh, just because of my experience. Um, when I'm on a set, I really ought to have enough of a say about how things are going. And I think the way to do that is to come in on the creative side as, as a writer and or director uh, of your own stuff. Okay, also from Carolyn, would you want to teach on occasion? I'd love to teach. It's another thing, another little fantasy uh, that I've had over the years of, of teaching on the side. I would love to. I, you know, I think what I can bring to an, to an acting class is, is when I think of some of the acting classes I took in New York back in the day, that were so hardcore and really great for me. But I never took a class where the teacher talked about the everyday on the set obstacles that you face. And I could bring that to an acting class, I think. Okay, also from Carolyn, has anything about living in Louisiana informed your, your acting? Well, in the, just in the sense that taking a break from both coasts, because I do think it's interesting. After a while, you've been around actors so many years, you start to just mimic each other, and you forget that you're supposed to be playing people, and, and people are authentic. They're not presenters, or they're not you know, actors. We tend to all play people as if they were actors, because that's who we know. So for me to come to Louisiana, it's been a great kind of wake-up call to what authentic people are. Um, and, and there's some great people in Louisiana. I've gotten to know a lot of different kinds of people here. And so for me, that, that would be the, the, the best insight I could give. Terry Giraffe, Giraffe, for both. Why did you move back to Lafayette? Um, I'll start with that one. So I did not want to move back to Lafayette. I moved away when I was 26 to Los Angeles, which is where I met Dee. And then we moved to New York and then back to Los Angeles and back to New York. Um, I loved New York. I loved L.A., but New York was definitely um, a city that, that grew on me really fast. Um, we, and so Dylan was on a show called Unforgettable for four years. And um, 
it was an interesting experience to say the least. But at the end of it, we were both sort of spent, I guess. And, um, and so he was waiting on another job. If you don't know, New York is extremely expensive. Um, especially when you don't have income coming in. So we talked and we came to Lafayette. He loved Lafayette and my mom and my family. And um, he had a fantasy like we'd get another house on this certain street. My kids would go to this certain school. And um, and so I was like, yeah, okay, maybe. And never thought that would happen. But there was just a point in New York where we had a real conversation and he said, I think we need to take a break and go to Lafayette for a year. Well, we're going on three years now. Um, and it was the best decision that we've ever made for lots of reasons. Anything to add? Well, yeah, just that, that I had spent my whole professional life in either LA or New York and never would have imagined being able to live somewhere else. You really have to be in one of those towns. Um, if, unless you're a huge star, which I'm not. So to, it was kind of a dangerous move. Um, and yet it was the right move, and, and uh, I think what we were longing for, we loved New York, and I would stay in New York if I could. But everything that was going on at the time, just waiting for that next job, not knowing what it was going to be or where it was going to shoot, it was actually the right moment to make that move. And, and I've said in, in answering another question about how there's, there's people here are authentic. They're just real people. And if I say that there was, there's a kind of normalcy, I don't mean to sell it short. I just mean that it's not Hollywood um, and it's not New York. So that what it is, is are a bunch of people who are not in the movie industry or the TV business, which has actually been really refreshing for me and for all of us. So a seg- great segue for the next question by Ashley Terrell uh, for both. But what do you miss the most about New York? Oh, every single thing. (laughs) I love New York. I've always loved New York. I I first moved there when I got out of college. I started as an actor there. I waited tables. I took acting classes. So I love it. Um, To me, every day it comes to you and it picks you up and with some new thing. You could you could spend every day as we did exploring that city and and you would never come to the end of it. Uh, It's it's an amazing place. And I miss that energy. You know, other places in the world, you have to get up. You have to make some decisions about how you're going to go discover that place you're in or, or explore that area that you're in. New York will come and get you. <laughs> and so I got used to that. I miss that. Um, I miss it stimulating on so many different levels that, if anything, it's, it, becomes, it causes you anxiety. But, uh, yeah, I miss that. I miss that about the city. I think for me it's, it's the people... Um... I mean, they call it a melting pot because people come from everywhere, and uh, and it's a hard city to live in. I mean, it's incredibly expensive, and the weather is awful a lot. Um, you have to go through different adventures to get from one place to another, especially when you have a double stroller and two babies under two, um, which I did. And so, but I think the people that live there choose to live there, and they come from all all over for Wall Street or for theater or the entertainment industry or whatever it is. So um, so when you're having dinners, these elaborate dinners with people from South Africa or Italy or Spain or 
um, the conversations um, are different than, say, in Lafayette, where everyone kind of knows each other and everyone drives the same truck and listens to the same music. And um, they're both great on different levels. But for me, it was just so stimulating and educational just to learn from all these eclectic people. Um, All right. Salam. No, no. Chuiki? All right, I just butchered that. Bordi, what do you think about Lafayette? I think it's a great place. Uh, it's an interesting city because it's not New Orleans. You don't have the French Quarter. You don't have an obvious physical kind of landmark that that everything revolves around. There's a river here, but they don't even have much on it. There's one restaurant restaurant on it. So what it boils down to is it's a people place. It's a place where, and people are very happy here in in Louisiana uh, and in Lafayette. So that so that when you pull into town, again, you're not going to see some amazing architecture. You're not going to see some... There is an old town, and the old town is, is kind of coming around. Um, it's very interesting there, and I think it's it's making progress. Downtown. And, and it's downtown, a place, yeah. uh, the downtown Lafayette. Uh, and, you know, it's a place where... where uh, that can, I think, eventually be the sort of the center of this place. But um, it's a people place. It's it's uh, a lot of different types, and be- people are very social. I'm not, so that can sometimes <laughs> be a little challenging. But um, I, I've always said the best way I can answer that question is to say that I like when I land. I, I've been uh, I, I travel like so much, travel so much, and I like landing here, which is a good sign. Um, would you say I'm social? <laughs> yes, yes, I would. Okay. Um, do you think, from Daryl Land Close, for D, do you think Cajuns were like on the water boy when, you, when y'all first met? Well, sorry, but I didn't see the water boy. Um, I didn't really know Cajuns. It's true, this is my first experience with Cajuns. I wouldn't have known what to say. I would have done what most people do is confuse Cajuns with the Creole. And and my only experience would have been New Orleans, so I, I guess I would have associated Cajuns with, you know, drinking a lot and eating some good food, <laughs> but that wouldn't have been fair. Uh, Cajuns are great, and and I've come to know a few, and uh, they've got a great kind of spirit about life. Okay, Dana Phillips for D. How does it feel? How does how does he feel about living in our wonderful, not perfect, humid, behind the times, but mostly caring city? I feel like I just kind of answered that, but specifically, uh, I, I, I feel great about it for all the reasons that I've been talking about. Uh, it, it, first of all, Leslie's family's here, and so there is a feeling for my kids, my younger kids, our kids, that this is where the family is, and and it's just it just kind of um, permeates through what we do and our sense, our security here. And I've also said n- there's some normalcy and that that's not always a nice word, but, um, in our case, it has been good, you know, just to, to be the T-ball coach, uh, things like that and to drive the kids to soccer and, and do all those kind of things that, uh, in New York, you still do them, but, but it's just kind of different there. Uh, so I, I've really enjoyed being here mostly for the people and for, for kind of a nice, for me, a nice little break from the big city. Okay. So uh, Clara Green Gibbs for Deeds, kind of the same question we've ju- he's just answered, but I'll ask it anyway. What is the best thing you love about living in Southwest Louisiana? 
Well, the best thing would be, I would say the food, but after you stay here a while, you've got to be careful of the food. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's so good and it's, it's not always the most healthy. So you gotta, you gotta be a little sparing about it. Um, I would say the music, the food, the kind of, it, it's all of it. It's the kind of the vibe. There's a, there's a vibe in Lafayette, a kind of spirit that I like. Okay. Um, Caroline Gudulak again for L. How did you find your way to becoming the progressive and advocate that you are today? Well, that's an interesting question because I was not, um, I was not into politics or social issues at all before I moved here three years ago. Um, and I think that coming here, not to get into politics, but coming here at the height of the election in 2016 was mind-boggling for us as Democrats. Um, we also lived in New York, and we were not fans of Trump as a person. Um, so we were pretty, you know, shook up when people wanted him to run for, for office, for the highest office, and then he won. Um, anyway, after becoming vocal about being an um, Democrat on Facebook, um, I got a lot of pushback. And so I really kind of had to do a moral inventory of what I believed in for my family, for my kids, for my city that we lived in. Um, and so I just started finding social issues that I liked and mostly meeting other people, other uh, women specifically, but other activists and progressives that aligned their thoughts aligned with mine. And um, that's how it started. Um, do you think, also from Carolyn, do you think there is hope for the coming generation if people like you keep trying to move mindsets? Um, I think that's all we have is hope right now for, for the next generation. And I think they're smarter than we are, we were. Um, I think they're, they are more engaged and um, and I hope that they can find their own beliefs and own mindsets of, you know, what they want for their country or their city or their state or whatever. Um, and I think that's what Dylan and I, we don't talk politics per se with our five and seven year old, but we definitely engage with them on issues. Um, my daughter cannot see trash on the street without wanting to pick it up because she knows it's going to hurt the earth or an animal or something. So... Um, I think it's little things like that. Um, so Nicole Lopez for L. What is something outside of your personal life that you are most passionate about and why? Um, I guess I would say that uh, after I became politically involved um, really quickly, I found women that didn't have a voice about being a Democrat. Um, and so... I started a page, and it's called the Lady Dems of Acadiana, and basically it was a safe space for women to vent or express ideas or opinions, and that grew very quickly, and now we have over 450 women in the group, and we've done other things, mostly just um, bringing awareness to social issues that affect society, so I'm pretty passionate about them. They are women that truly lift me higher in life, and um, they've become extremely important to me. And some of them, most of them, are my best friends. 
Um, so that's been interesting that I found that in my hometown. <laughs> um, okay, Dana Phillips, 4L. Where do you get your fierce and humble personality from? Um, I don't know that my mom or Dylan would say that I'm fierce. They would probably say I'm more stubborn or a fighter. I think innately I am a fighter. Um, and that's good and bad. Uh, but I do try to fight for things that I believe in. Um, and, you know, being a woman, um, it's kind of what you have to do. So I don't know that I'm fierce, uh, but humble, I think, um, I, Gosh, I think from, you know, my mom was a single mom. She raised my, my brother and I. Um, I had an amazing grandmother who, you know, made a, a life for herself with little education. And um, she, the both, of, both of them just taught me to have a lot of fun. I try to see the funny in everything. Um, I observe a lot. And also, I think being with Dylan, it's taught me a lot because I think I did, like everyone else, have this perceived notion that, um, you know, being with an actor or being in that world would be all glitz and glamour. And, um, and it is sometimes, but mostly it's not. It's just very normal. And that's why I present our lives on Facebook like I do, because I want people to know that we're, we're just regular people doing regular things. Uh, okay, Nicole Lopez for both. How did y'all meet, and what was your first impression of each other? Well, I would see Leslie at the gym. I didn't know her name was Leslie. I never spoke to her. Uh, in Los Angeles for about eight years, I think. Maybe longer than eight years. And I... You know, I just thought in a town full of uh, beautiful people that are almost cookie cutter beautiful, um, she seemed beautiful in her own way, in a, in a little bit of a different way. I could not articulate with to you what words, with words, what that is. Um, I just always stared at her. And finally, after about eight, nine years, I said hello. And that's how we started. Yes. Um, I saw Dylan at the gym eight years after, I guess, um, he saw me, but, um, I didn't watch Nip Tuck, like I said, but I knew who he was and, um, we started, we were at the gym and I would, I'd be upstairs, he was upstairs, I'd go downstairs, he was downstairs, um, and so we started kind of this eye contact thing, um, which is, if you actually think about it, if you look at someone for two or three seconds without smiling, um, it's kind of odd. So we had this game, I guess, for months, for a long time. We never smiled at all. I think I gave him a smirk once or something, half a smirk, I don't even know. Um, but it was deliberate. I mean, it, we both knew we were playing the game. Um, and then one day I walked up the stairs and I turned and he was running on the treadmill and uh, we both just started busting out laughing. And he grabbed my arm when I walked by, which was also kind of odd. <laughs> but then he came downstairs and found me, and we uh, and he said hello. Yeah, that's it. Um, okay, from Joe Paris for both of us. 
in each case for both of you, what created that moment of decision that y'all would be life partners? For example, between the time that y'all were attracted to one another, but unsure of forever together, feeling was that there's something that happened that made a difference and erased the doubt and hesitation. Well, first of all, there's always a little doubt and hesitation in your everyday life. Uh, I think for me, I had already been married a couple of times and I'm older than she is. And we were, we moved in together in LA and I was looking for my next TV series and uh, she was in fitness and she was a trainer. And so that was that period of, of kind of, let's see how this goes. We were crazy about each other, but I think there still was that, that, that doubt and hesitation that you're talking about because how do you know that that forever is is what you're going to be, um, and then uh, we we just we all our decisions about being together were always about about the wave of what we felt. We just felt this huge love, and we we had to do what what we did. We had to get together, and I think that when so quickly, I mean, we literally been living together for for like a month. Uh, we found out that she was pregnant. And which really would have been overwhelming if we didn't have this big love I'm talking about. Um, and for a second, we, we were pretty, pretty crazed about it. But, but it's, by the end of that day, I remember thinking it made sense. That seemed to be what we were. Um, and that, that's when I think, uh, even though we'd only been living together for a short time, I think when we knew, all right, we're in this. Yeah, Dylan was um, all the things that I didn't want. I was very single, and I waited a long time looking for my guy. Um, I put that in quotes. Because uh, we talked about it when we first got together. Um, we were not going to be together for real. He was an actor. He was older. He'd been married. I was still in that fantasy that I would find someone that hadn't, hadn't been married or had kids. Um, and so... I think, yeah, we talked about me finding my guy. I mean, it was just not going to be a reality. And then we fell in love, literally. I mean, it was undeniable, I guess. Um, okay. Annie pa Powell for both. When did you know, like, was it one particular moment in time when you knew that a life with Dylan was the right thing? I do. I have the moment. Um, he had three kids before, and... I wanted kids, a boy and a girl, um, but he, he, I didn't, you know, I, I had, I had questions that he, he wouldn't want to have more kids. I, I didn't think he did. And there was one night that he, without me asking or anything, he literally just said to me, I want to have kids with you. And that was the moment. A uh, moment where, where to, just to make sure I'm not saying the same answer as the one before, it was specifically, what was the question? Um, like, was one particular moment in time when you knew that a life with Leslie was the right thing? Well, I, you know, I, I, I mean, I knew when, when we were doing this together, there was, there, we were going to have a baby together. Uh, and that whole, not one moment, but I, I do remember that moment so clearly. Um, that's when you're in. Uh, and I'd done it three times before. I knew, I knew just what that was going to be. Um, 
And I remember she cried and I put my, I was playing guitar and I put the guitar down. And uh, that moment of kind of, kind of like trembling with anxiety and this, this, the, you know, the moment is so big. And also there we were in our little apartment. And uh, that was, that was us. We were, we were, my favorite word, landing. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sean Bradley for both. What is perhaps the most difficult part of raising young, caring, and self-aware children in this day and age is the current place and mindset you find yourself at this point of your lives where you thought you would be. Does this reject the idealistic childhood dreams of where, in fact, you may have thought you would be? Oh, that's a, that's a tough one to answer, um, except to say no. I mean, I... I could never have, have guessed that I'd be sitting right here uh, in our bedroom of our house in Lafayette, Louisiana. Um, does that reject something? I guess in a, in a certain way, but, it, but it's a good lesson. Um, be open to the journey. If you have already think you have it figured out, then it's not going to be a journey at all. Uh, we have always been about, about the, the discovery and... and the journey. I remember when we decided, yes, we would move to New York to do this show called Unforgettable. It was all about, okay, let's go for it. Let's let even even though she was pregnant at the time, we thought, nope, let's go for it. We we choose the the journey. So um, I and then that has somehow led to being in Lafayette. I never could have guessed that. Uh, but you know what? What you I, I think at any given moment, what you what you dream about the future is a little bit less important than you think, just because what can you know? All you're doing is casting a line out there and you have no idea. Uh, the important thing is, is moment to moment, somehow being true to what, what that present tense is and being open to the, the ups and downs, the right turns, the left turns, the ebb and flow of everything ahead of you. And uh, it's been a great journey so far and I, who knows what the next chapter is. Um, for me, I think, I think it's exceeded my expectations at this point, just because I found my purpose here in Lafayette. Um, and we, you know, talk daily about moving again. Um, and I think right now for both of us, we know this is where I need to be. Um, and, you know, raising my kids, I think the best thing we have done for them is given them this journey of li living in different places. Um, they, they really have a, a great imagination and worldliness about them that I appreciate. And they're always up for, for the adventure every day with everything, um, full of you know, passion about life. And um, so I'm very proud of the way we are raising them. It is getting more difficult than being in school you know, choosing the right school that lines up with our beliefs down here is kind of not as easy as we would have thought. But um, I don't know. I think we're doing a pretty good job. Um, <laughs> my favorite question, Michelle Vincent for D. Will you ever, oh, or it must be for L. Will you ever be Mrs. Walsh? Um. <laughs> So we're not married. We've been together forever. We have two kids. We've lived on every coast you can imagine. 
Um, of course, we thought we would be married by this time. It has not worked out that way for a lot of different reasons. But I would say um, we are committed to each other. Um, do I want a ring on my finger? Yes. Do we want it to be the right time for us and not just do it because it's what we're supposed to do? Um, you know, so that's, I think, where we're at with it. Oh, yeah, I would just say, as I said earlier, that, that when, you know, two people come together, one of them having several marriages uh, in their past and three other kids, I, I'm, I'm an authority on failed marriage. So I, I have a little bit of cynicism. And the institution of marriage per se, I have some conflict with. I have no conflict with trying to be with Leslie. It's, a, it's all I've ever wanted as I've been with her. And I, I do see it a little differently. I thought we'd be married by now, but when you do things out of the traditional order, you suddenly find that you are. I mean, for all intents and purposes, we are married. We're, we have two kids, we live together, and we're committed to each other. And I guess it's, if, if there's been any kind of, I mean, we, it's been a journey, and, and we haven't made carved out the time and the space to do that on the journey yet. Um, partly we just let the wave kind of take us LA to New York to Lafayette, but uh, and in New York, by the way, several different moves there. So if anything characterizes our lives in the last eight years, it's that we've moved and lived in something like seven, eight different places. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's I think that's something something we're still working towards, just in terms of a, of a date. Okay, the last question uh, from Trent Forbes for D, which I think is very fitting. Um, so if you didn't watch Nip Tuck, you should watch it, find a way. Um, but Sean McNamara would say a tagline, and um, so I think it's fitting that we would end with that. For D, uh, what, tell me what don't you like about yourself? Well, if, if there's one thing that I would have, first of all, I don't walk around feeling like there's something I don't like about myself. Um, that's what, what, why it's the most powerful line from that whole series is because right away it, it tips off the fact that there's something wrong if you're walking around with that thought. I, I, what I don't like about myself is that I'm socially very awkward. Uh, I find uh, I just seem to be built that way chemically that's how I am so that it takes takes certain accidents and and repeated uh, meetings for me to get comfortable with people and feel like I'm myself in their presence and I see other people who seem to have a lot a lot easier time with it and seem to be a little easier with life in general because of it because that's what we are mostly we're mostly social a social animal so that's been a been something that's always been part of my life that that I walk around day you know in a, in a given day feeling like um, that's something I don't like about myself which is interesting because he got together with a social butterfly it's one of my favorite things to do um okay that's it all right. Did you have fun? Thank you. Yes, I did. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, so we are going to sign off. Uh, and I love you, baby. I love you.